This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they have dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now it's time for Adam and Jeannie. Jeannie, I hear a certain sound in my ear. It's like our first ASMR episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll do it too, and everybody's going to not listen to the rest of the episode. Okay, we're going to stop now. It's ice in bourbon. That's the sound of our, you know what it is, our tradition, our end of season bourbon summit. I cannot believe we have gone through another season of Crack the Customer Code. We're both still, you know, haven't killed each other. It's amazing, Janie. (laughs) I think what you meant was, yes, delicious (laughs) bourbon is on tap and we are going to share some of the amazing ways that this podcast delivered customer experience ideas and tips and general merriment. <laughs> All you have learned just now is that Jeannie has drank more of her bourbon <laughs> than me. That's it. This is all this rosy attitude is her glass. You know, this is not a visual. So, you know, we always talk about the bourbons and of mm-hmm. course you first as always, and as in all things. So tell wow. me what, what are we, what are we drinking today? Genie. So I'm trying a new one that I've never had. My husband actually found it. It's called Barrel Bourbon. This is cask strength, and it's a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys, and it's a small batch. So this is five years old, and it's delicious. I will say this is, it's um, it's kind of smoky. Okay. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's very nice. So how would you describe it? Like smooth? It's smooth with like a little bite. It's not as smooth as some of what I've had, but I kind of like that. Okay. See, I so, don't like the, the first thing is if I see a review and it's like hints of licorice, I'm going, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> okay, like I, I, I wanted to be as close to like caramel as possible. I'm very, yeah. I don't like the bite. I don't like, I don't like rye bourbon. I don't drink mm-hmm. rye bourbon. But mm-hmm. anyways, on to the other taste of the night here. Um, we have mm-hmm. Elijah Craig in, uh, in this corner. We have Elijah Craig. Nice. It's a classic. It is small batch. Um, you know, I said to you earlier that I had not had it. I do believe I have had it before, but I have not had it in a very long time. Mm-hmm. This is excellent. This is 1789. I don't think it's that old because, uh, well, I didn't just, I really didn't pay that much for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing not, but that was an important year for us Americans here. Yeah. It was an important year if you're French too, actually. So we had the French Revolution in 1789. 
What else happened? We got our constitution, got rid of the Articles of Confederation. So there you we're go. At, this is we're going to do a history podcast next season. <laughs> I'll Fre- just, uh, just French and American, though. That's it. And just bourbon. French and American and bourbon. The history of <laughs> bourbon. Yes. Um, so yeah. mine is, is very. This is very smooth. This is on a list of like smoothest bourbons. And my favorite bourbon is usually on the top of that list, which is Blanton's. Yeah. But we decided we had to mix it up. We were getting a little stale. Yeah. We were just sort of doing what was in the in the cupboard. That's uh, right. And I'm so glad. And I'm sure yeah. uh, my spouse is even gladder because she'll probably end up drinking a lot more of it than me. <laughs> yeah, this, this bottle actually has been sitting on my desk for about a week. And so... It, it was tempting, I have to say. I, I waited to crack the bottle open so that I could experience the, the you know, the tasting today. So you. you're welcome, is what I'm and saying. And like in all things, I bought mine an hour before the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You should have celebrated CX Day with a little bit. I, I wouldn't have been offended. Well, so, it was that was a big day. It always is. It always is, is a big day. But you know what? So here's what's interesting about the Bourbon Summit. The Bourbon Summit has a history. Now, we've not been doing the summit since we began. But And for those of you who've listened to the podcast, we'll keep this short because you already know the story. But for those of you who are new, uh, this whole podcast began with bourbon. It's one of the reasons we do the Bourbon Summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeannie got me liquored up and said, Adam, do you want to start a podcast? And as in all things, bourbon is great, except for when you're making decisions. <laughs> and the hangover still lasts today. <laughs> <laughs> still lasts today, exactly. But that was yep. also when I was introducing you to bourbon. That's true. So we had a nice, you know, event where we were trying bourbon, and I had this crazy idea, and I blurted it out, and here we are, how many years later? 14, how did you do math? Seven years. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Wow. Okay, so uh, this podcast is older than your bourbon. That's nice, Jamie. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, that is it perfect. is. <laughs> that says it, it all, right? Um, and, you know, back when we started, customer experience and customer service were a little simpler than they are today. And we've really seen that evolution, and we continue to see that. And, I mean, we're talking about artificial intelligence now we're talking about data consolidation we're talking about big things that i think when we started this podcast we probably didn't see in our future so it's been really fun to kind of ride that evolution through this podcast yeah 100 percent. i think that the ai particularly was the sleeper of you know the last mm-hmm. seven years that was we definitely saw big data was happening data data mm-hmm. we'll do that again um you know big data was happening and you know, high level computing. I won't say quantum computing because it's really not what yeah. we're doing, what's been happening in the industry, but just, you know, higher processor speeds, more power to parse that data. But then AI really just sort of boom. Like it yeah. was, a, it existed, but as far as the industry, it really didn't, you know, when we yeah. started. And now it is every major company. Everywhere. Um, and I think the, the really interesting thing that's happening is, you know, it's it's getting sliced and diced now, right? So we're talking about conversational AI and we're talking about, you know, machine learning and how to leverage that for bots versus other things. And it's just, for somebody who has never learned to code, <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating to me in a way that I think it just is going to unlock a future we can't even really wrap our heads around right now. What I like about the Bourbon Summit is we can be a little more relaxed, you know, and... I think it's time that we talk about the machines coming for us, Jeannie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so 
speaking of something that started seven years ago, your p paranoia. <laughs> oh, that started way before our podcast. Absolutely. I, I what year did Terminator One came out in '84? That sounds I do about believe. right. Yeah, it sounds. I'm, I'm doing okay with the dates today. 1789, 1984. But you know, Jeannie, it's happening. So a friend of mine, uh, she uh, sent me a message on WhatsApp because she like she, we sort of joke about like the machines taking over, and she sends me this one. Apparently, there's some robot in um, I, I want to say Dubai, but I might, I might have that wrong. And like the the robot said it wants to get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> or something. I have to look it up, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if we can find the link for the show notes, people. But uh, yeah, oh. she was like, yeah, the machines are coming for us. It's official. I, I just took a sip of bourbon at the wrong moment. <laughs> at the wrong moment. <laughs> You never thought we were going to have the robots say the one. I, I was not, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't um, either. But, but you know, to your point, a, a more serious note, it's, um, it's impacting the industry in a real way. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, as we face the, uh, the great resignation, yes. you know, it's going to be interesting to see what companies do out of um, necessity with it. You know, there's mm -hmm. been, right now, there's been a very big, you know, everybody's trying to decrease costs. Everybody's trying to maximize the ROI and the value of AI, but it's just not ready for prime time in a lot of ways. Um, so it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see because, like, the pandemic forced mm -hmm. change. It forced yeah. acceleration. We talked about it all season, how the pandemic, you know, accelerated our existing trends. Well, we have yeah. this existing trend of AI, and now there's a dearth of staff. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and I think the, the pandemic opened up so many conversations about employee experience and about candidate experience and about all these things that directly impact the customer experience. We also learned that, you know what, when you give customers choices, sometimes they go with it in a way that you don't expect, like all the changes around digital and how baby boomers adopted to that after being, you know, for years for years and years and decades, we've been talking about how certain people just want to pick up the phone, right? Or certain people just want to go in the store. But if you give options and, and education around that, they start realizing that this unlocks convenience for them. This unlocks all these different ways to get things that they need. And so I think that's the other thing is we saw a lot of behavioral change from customers that drove change as well. And so that is going to be interesting to watch because well, New York, we we had a conversation uh, this season about how New York City had the, you know, curbside delivery of alcohol. And then once the shutdown was over, they took away that rule and customers were like, hang on, right? Uh, <laughs> like, we're used to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you hand me my cocktail kit and then I go home. Right? Like, exactly. That's, that's working for me. Um, and so I think thinking about some of those things that might roll back, uh, doctor's visits, people are reporting that, you know, they actually prefer to wait in their car instead of sitting in a waiting room with a bunch of other sick people and just getting the text when it's their turn. But a lot of doctor's offices are like, hey, we're back. No more video visits, no more things that make it more convenient for the patient. And people are starting to revolt around that because they're realizing there are these other options. So it's this weird combination of like automation and digital advances in AI, as well as all of this behavioral change that we've witnessed, which is really fascinating. And I think I'll offer this thought on that for people listening. I think, you know, one of the things we talk about when you, we talk about channel choice, right? And we talk about what's the best channel, well, respect the channel they came in on, but it may not be the best channel. 
mm-hmm. right? You may need, you may want to recommend moving to another channel, depending on what the situation is. I think there's some of that here. You know, the change you mentioned with like baby boomers. That's true, but we can't over-index it. It's true until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Then they want to talk to somebody. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, they're like, okay, we can order stuff. Uh, we figured out the app. Cool. That's that's more convenient. But when something goes wrong, I don't I don't want a message. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and similarly with these other changes, right? It's figuring out, like, with the doctor's office, for example. Okay, well, it depends on what it is. If it's just mm-hmm. a prescription refill, why would it? Right. You know, if you don't need to actually inspect something physically, but there may be times where, hey, it's in the best interest of the patient. We did this out of necessity. We, for what you're asking us to investigate for you or to talk about, we need your body here, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think it, it's sort of similar to that channel choice. Like you've got to navigate what the yep. pa- patient wants, in this case with patient experience, and what's best to provide, you know, what's the best thing for the service. And with health, that's even more important than in, in other categories. Yeah, it's a great point because essentially what we're constantly talking about right is that customers are saying i want you to know me and i want you to know where i am on my journey and if you are just looking at me nodding your head and then assigning like giving me a prescription refill that's a different point on the journey than doctor it hurts when i do this right right and so um So I think that's really important to acknowledge as well, but then also to respect and acknowledge that the patient is not all, or the customer, they're not always the digital customer. They're not always the in-person customer. They're not always the phone customer. Sometimes I hear leaders talk like this and I'm like, who are you talking about when you're talking about digital customers? Because we're all digital customers. So when you talk about your digital customer journey, that better be including things like, I can't figure this out and I'm a baby boomer and I'm gonna pick up the phone and call and you better know where I am on this digital journey because I can't explain it to you, <laughs> right? Like that's that's thinking about the journey that your customers are on in a holistic way and that's where we need to get. Yeah, 100%, I mean, it's just, you know, one, you need to know the individual customer because even though we're mm-hmm. making some broad brush sort of, you know, uh, generational assumptions right now, mm-hmm. right? we can say the, the opposite. Like, I only want a message. I don't actually know how to have a conversation yep. with a human. I'm, I'm 18. <laughs> I'm Generation Z, right? I don't prefer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, but those are all just generational sort of trends mm-hmm. or not. Obviously, the individual and the individual and the situation and the context is always going to be king. Now, uh, speaking of journeys, Jeannie, hold that glass up. I want to see where you are on your journey. Oh, I'm doing pretty well on mine. How about you? Yeah, you're, you're pretty far in your customer I think journey. I'm winning. So you, you are... need to take a sip here. <laughs> Hashtag winning. Yes. Well, <laughs> so one of the things we also do, we've got our bourbon summit. We started a new tradition last season, Jeannie, uh, which was we asked a question at the end of all of our interview episodes. Mm-hmm. And this year... Um, we had a question that we asked that was different than last year. Last year we did, what was your like customer experience bumper sticker? Mm-hmm. But this year we had a different question. I thought it'd be interesting to maybe recap a couple of the answers. And of course, it's time now for us to share our answers. That's true. So I love this question because this year we asked, when you think about the future of customer experience, what is the one thing you are most excited about? And first of all, I mean, how positive is this question, right? I mean, this is exactly. a softball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the 60 minutes we are not. That's okay. So, well, I'm just saying, 
I mean, maybe next season we will be. You don't know. We could we could really throw a curveball here and just <laughs> every 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 episode could be a bourbon summit. You don't I mean, know. You got to tune could, in to find out. We could ask them to actually code the artificial intelligence <laughs> machine learning robot and see what happens. That's um, how we get rid. That's how we get rid of all the uh, pitches. Y'all don't know how many pitches we get, by the way. <laughs> oh my god! This is how we get. This is how we get rid of all the pitches. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Yes, you actually have to code the robot <laughs> to be included. <laughs> but you know, we had some amazing guests, and we really tackled some topics we haven't gotten into before. And one of our first guests was Allie Lichtenstein from the uh, from the Dow Jones Media Network. And we had really never talked about that. We had never talked about customer experience within the media world. So it was a really interesting conversation. And one of the things she asked about the future, which I love this question, where will the human eyes be? We need to make sure our content is there. And if we think about that question, it shows you how far we've come in just how we get our information, how we seek out the things that we need in order to have better customer experiences. And what this makes me think about is this trend towards people are really looking for self-service. They're looking for knowledge management in a way that they haven't in the past. And if they have to seek it and can't find it, that's actually a negative touch point. So how can we know where they are so we can serve them the right information to make their journey more meaningful? I just thought that was a really interesting question to ponder for the future. 100%. And I think it dovetails with uh, what we were talking about earlier with artificial intelligence, because it's one of the ways to do that is yep. to literally, you know, the computer knows exactly where you are. You start typing the first three words of your question. It knows what question it's coming because of, you know, what question is coming because of where you are in the journey. And it's mm -hmm. creepy, but it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's creepy, it's creepy, but it's that. great experience. Yeah, people want yeah. it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, me, I'm sort of stepping back, looking at it very broadly. So it's a little creepy that, you know, where we're at with it. But, you know, I think for consumers, what the research shows is what is quote unquote creepy is when it just there's like certain lines uh, that are pretty general. Then there's, of course, specific lines because everybody has their own lines. But, you know, stuff yeah. like around like the type of information we usually don't give out, Bert, uh, you know, social security numbers, credit card sure. numbers, all these kind of things. Or like, oh, I see that your cousin in Wichita <laughs> bought, you know, <laughs> bought a pack yep. of Oreos yesterday. Would you like to try some? Like that's where it's like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. But speaking of Oreos. Um... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> where is well, this going? <laughs> This, I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about how that customer experience has changed in the last few years because Oreos started doing a lot around uh, like interesting new flavors to make it an experience. So instead of just getting the Oreos, you could try the confetti Oreos or you could try the lemon Oreos or all those things. And as they moved, I mean, they never moved away from their traditional flavors, of course. but they experimented a lot because they found that people were willing to experiment because it was an experience. And so instead of just providing a CPG product that they had provided for, you know, I don't know, 100 years, I have no idea. Um, they provided something that was more of an experience. And so that's interesting to think about for the future as well as where will some of this go around kind of the more traditional consumer packaged goods marketing and things like that to make that more of an experience. I haven't drank as much as Jeannie, so that's the positive. That's the positive way <laughs> okay, of looking wait. at it. You're telling tales out of school here. <laughs> 
I'm just saying that's why you're so positive because you know the other way to look at that is they uh, with all the supply chain issues they had to make a different product <laughs> they didn't ha they didn't have the <laughs> stuff for the other one yeah that started before the supply chain but yes I hear yeah, you on that no. Um, all right, so here was another one that I liked, and it was very short and pithy. Uh, we had David Horsager on, uh, 466, and he said people and uh, companies must have a word-of-mouth strategy. Amen. And, you know, and this is one of those things that uh, we talk about a lot, which is when we're talking about content, we're talking about this profusion of content and information. Mm -hmm. How do you stand out, and how do you make your experience stand out? And how do you, uh, you know, make the ordinary moment smooth and hassle-free and frictionless and all of that? And then how do you create those, those other moments, those moments mm -hmm. of uh, positive emotional resonance and that make you go, hey, Jeannie, you wouldn't believe I just tried the new confetti Oreos. And guess what? <laughs> they are it. They are everything. That's right. Right. Uh, and how do you do that? And I think mm -hmm. that's the noisier the world gets and it just keeps getting noisier, yep. the more uh, that matters. Yeah, and I think what I liked about this too was that he said word of mouth strategy and not like viral strategy or social media strategy because this really is about when people trust one another and they get that referral, they're more likely to become a customer. They're more likely to spend more with the brand. They're more likely to spend more quickly with the brand and stay more loyal. And that shows you the power of referrals. And that shows you the power of word of mouth marketing, because it really is about, I can't believe how great this was. And I need to share this with people that know and trust me. And so I thought that was a really great point. That's one of the benefits of great customer experience that sometimes we don't talk about as much as we should, because a great word of mouth strategy can really, I mean, that that propels everything in the organization forward. Absolutely. And also don't forget, nobody wants to use the word viral anymore. <laughs> Welcome to 2021, everybody. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, let's be real about it. Word of mouth doesn't get confused with anything. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well, hey, Adam, I think it's time where we reveal our own excitement about the future of customer experience. And so right, the question- I'm gonna take, take a few more steps in that case. Okay, yeah, go for it because we'll get a better answer. So when you, Adam Tporek, think about the future of customer experience, what is the one thing you are most excited about? I am most excited about the focus on employee experience. Mm. Short term, okay. In the short term, I don't, I don't know what my ten-year excitement is, but my excitement for the next couple of years is uh, the focus on employee experience that's coming out of it. And I think not only the discussions we're having about artificial intelligence, but obviously just the pressures and the change that has happened because of the pandemic, the Great Resignation, people are reevaluating everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's changing the conversation. And I think more companies are having the conversation that people like you and me and other, you know, our colleagues in this industry have been having for a long time about the relationship between employee experience and uh, customer experience, but also just aside from its impact business-wise, just the quote unquote right thing to do yeah. <laughs> about finding, allowing people to have work-life balance and, mm -hmm figuring out that maybe, and I'm, no, nobody's more guilty of it than me, the way I grew up, uh, you know, 
working 100 hour weeks isn't our uh, primary objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the many, the sort of multivariate factors that have come together to influence this discussion, I think are going to, I hope are going to pay fruit and yep. uh, make everybody just happier uh, in the next couple of years. Here, here. I will drink to that. All right. Glasses up for that one. <laughs> Cheers. So the other thing that I find really interesting is how people are prioritizing their own lives in different ways and saying it out loud. And that kind of dovetails into what you're talking about, because there's a, uh, there was a study that came out that said that from 2018 to 2020, people prioritize time for myself almost twice as much. Because they started realizing, like, after we had that break, basically, they started realizing, like, hey, I'm a happier person (laughs) if I have some white space in my calendar and if I do a puzzle and things like that. And and life is unpredictable. Yes, that's true, too. So I think all those things come together for exactly what you're talking about. So I hope we hang on to that because it's important for all of us to live more well-balanced lives. Yes, we will all be happier and uh, we'll have less angry customers to deal with. That is true. And I'll be out of a job. Wait a minute. I'm not sure I'm onto this plan anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm changing my answer, Jeannie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that there will still be plenty of work to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're okay. Uh, so, what are you excited about, Jeannie mm-hmm. Walters? Yeah, you know, when I think back to the the movies and things that we saw for the future. What I'm excited about is that we're getting closer to some of those really personalized experiences. You know, in those sci-fi movies and things that we saw where people could kind of pull things up instantly and that were relevant to them, that were all about who they were, that's how close we're getting to that. And that's, that's exciting to me because I think the more personalized that we can make customer experiences, the more meaningful they become and the more cared for people feel. And at the end of the day, that's what we hear over and over from customers. It's just, I want to feel cared for, right? I don't want to feel like I'm a burden to you. And by providing those personalized experiences and leveraging some of those things we talked about with data and with, you know, AI and all of those things, but also with options and preferences and giving customers visibility and control into their own accounts, then we're really going to open up a new way of doing business with customers that really is collaborative and specialized. And I get excited about that. And I'm, when I think back to some of our guests, Theo Lau, um, she talked about this too. She talked about how the future of customer experience is personal. And of course, she's so great with her lens of fintech and ethical finance and all of that, that she's talking about things from that perspective too. When you put those two things together, it's like that's really meaningful for people, and that gets me excited about that. We can we can help people make their goals happen. No, I I agree. It's you know I think technology is the only thing that will facilitate it at scale. Yep. Uh, I think I'm just sitting here going, you know, my Minority Report was a pretty good movie. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? Oh yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, the other one I always think of is, and I, I think it's called Disclosure, actually, Demi Moore and Michael Douglas, where she's like the big boss and she's on her like exercise equipment, but she's got all the like VR in front of her where she's throwing files around and she's getting work done while she's on her exercise equipment. And I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because there's a little bit of minority report. I forget the pre-crime thing, but the one, you know, yeah. Tom Cruise was walking by like a billboard. is like, hi, John, whatever. I don't yeah. remember the character's name. Do you want a new jacket? Yeah. We have your size, whatever it was. But, uh, you know, the whole thing was pre-crime was like you could predict the future and mm-hmm. whatever. But that is actually part of what you're talking about is the ability, you know, for us to not only know what our customers want, know their habits, but to expect yep. what they might want. Yeah. And that's like the next level. And, yep. uh, but I mean, that's when you really get personalized. Like, oh, I see. Yeah. But we're, you know, we have some of that now, obviously. You know. We do. You search for this. Are you looking for this too? Oh, right. of course I want to whatever to go with my whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, well, and I think the predictive next step, right? Like, hey, we're so happy that you bought this house, right? Like we know you bought this house because you have a mortgage now. Here are the next steps you need to think about and helping and guiding people in a way that is personalized because we can't be experts on everything and yet we're supposed to be. (laughs) Well, except for you. Oh, I take that back, Adam. I take it back. Please, please, please. (laughs) Well, Jeannie, you know what? I'm an expert at pitching to you to wrap the show. You are indeed. You I are am indeed. indeed. And I well, just, first of all, cheers, I just did my friend. it. Cheers. cheers, partner. Here Clink. we go to another um, season. And we, of course, here we are talking to you, our incredible listeners, our incredible audience. We love hearing from you. We hope that you're sharing a little bourbon with us right now. And we want to hear about what you're drinking. So let us know. Let us know. Make sure you contact us in social media or however you'd like. We'd love to know that. So thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePorek, and you can find me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time and next season, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.